Welcome to Scuba Shack Radio, Season 5, Episode 104, recorded Monday, February 13th, 2023. Scuba Shack Radio is a bi-weekly podcast in support of our mission to empower individuals with knowledge, ability, and experience to venture underwater in pursuit of their aspirations and to advocate for ocean health and sustainability. Well, hello again, everyone. And once again, thank you for tuning in to this latest episode of Scuba Shack Radio. I'm your host, Jeff Centropino. So, if you're a Philadelphia Eagles fan like me, you're pretty disappointed this morning. That was a tough loss in last night's Super Bowl. A really tough loss. But we'll be back. Now, right after the last episode, we got hit with some really cold weather up here in Connecticut. One morning, the temperature dropped to minus 5, and we had a brisk wind out there making it extremely frigid. The good news is, it didn't last too long, and we didn't have any of that snow or ice to contend with. But it sure does make me yearn for Bonaire. Only 12 days until we get there. But who's counting? Yeah, that would be me. And just before the last show, I got word from Tom Ingram, the president of DEMA, that I had been elected to the board of directors representing the retailer stakeholder group. I'm honored to have been elected, and I'm very much looking forward to serving our dive industry in this capacity. I want to thank everyone who supported me, and I can't wait to get to work later this week with our first meetings. Now I'm going to readjust the show schedule a bit because of our trip to Bonaire. The next regular show was set to record while we were down there on the island, so I'm going to move that next episode up to next Monday and then pick back up in March on the 6th with the normal rotation, at least until I'm out diving again. Now on today's show, I'm going to be doing another installment of Sea Hunt, It's Still Alive, and this time we'll go back to Season 1 for an episode titled Mr. Guinea Pig. I wonder what Mike has gotten into this time. But up first is Wet Notes, my news, information, and commentary segment. This is Wet Notes here on Scooby Shack Radio for Monday, February 13th, 2023. First up today, I want to give you an update on the series of presentations that Dr. Alex Brilsky is doing in association with Dive Ventures, and they're called Oceans Update. The first presentation was on January 25th, and it was titled The Secrets of the Coral Reef. Now, it was quite informative, and the way Alex structured the meeting was really neat. He starts off with an in-the-news short segment and follows it up with in-depth discussion and finally a travel log where he takes us to a specific destination. For Secrets of the Coral Reef, it was Bonaire. Timely, as I'll soon be down there. Now the next presentation is on Wednesday, February 22nd at 1230 Eastern Time. This next presentation is titled Understanding Coral Reef Fishes. 
I wonder where his travel log will take us for that one. Now you can check out all of the upcoming presentations and register for the February 22nd event by going to the diveventures.com slash oceans update website. There's no doubt that invasive species represent a serious issue. We only have to look at the lionfish invasion in the Caribbean. But some countries really take this seriously. Now here's a story from over the holidays about a cruise ship being delayed because of snails. You see, the Coral Princess was bound for New Zealand and it had left Australia. According to the Maritime Executive Online Newsletter, the Coral Princess was delayed in making its scheduled port visit to Port Chalmers, New Zealand. Why? Because they needed to get rid of an, in- of an infestation of snails from the cruise ship. It turns out that the cruise ship had recently returned to service after being tied up due to COVID, and before they could make New Zealand, the snails were detected and the cleaning of the ship's hull and internal piping was required. No doubt, Some countries are definitely combating invasive species. Are you or do you know someone who is interested in and might be qualified for an internship at the Coral Restoration Foundation this spring or summer? Well, the deadline for applications for the May 8th to August 25th internship is approaching soon. Applications must be submitted by February 24th, only a few days, and to qualify, you need to be at least 21 years old, Um, I think I qualify there, and either be enrolled in an undergraduate program with two years uh, completed, or be enrolled in a graduate program, or be a recent graduate. Let's see, um, I finished my master's degree in 1994, so I guess I don't think that qualifies me. Also, you must be a certified diver with at least 30 dives, 15 of which are in the ocean and five from boats. They indicate that the preference will be given to those with an advanced open water diver certification. Now, you're going to need to go down there fully equipped with medical clearance to dive, and you need to be approved by their dive safety officer. Now, this is a great opportunity, and I'm guessing very competitive. So don't delay if you're interested in submitting your application It's due by February 24th. Seacon Skin Divers is one of our local dive clubs here in Connecticut, and they're having their New England Rec Symposium on March 4th, 2023. Now, it's been a bit of a challenge for them over the past several years due to the pandemic, but it looks like it's back. Now, they're still finalizing the speakers and, and and the presentations, but it looks like they have David Caldwell and Heather Knowles, Mark Munro, Captain Bill Palmer, and Avon Kovac, and along with the others still being finalized. Now, you can buy your tickets from their online store, and they run from $23 for a student up to $38 for non-members of the club. I think the symposium is going to be held in the University of Connecticut Avery Point campus, and that's in Groton, Connecticut. Registration starts at 8.30 and the first presentations kick off at 9 a.m. And now that's a nice way to kick off March. When you go to the SeaConDivers.com website, you can find out more and buy tickets from their online store. Just look for N-E-W-S, News, that stands for New England Rec Symposium, and, and you'll be able to get your tickets there. Okay, so now for a little commentary. 
Recently on an episode of The Dive Locker with Tech Clark, he talked about how dive shops need to be more friendly. In the past, Tech Tech has touched on a little bit of this as it relates to the culture of a dive shop, and this has been something that's been on my mind for a while now. I think of it in terms of the quality of the business operation at a dive shop. I guess it's also part of the culture. Now, are there any standards for the quality of a dive shop business operation? In my opinion, not really. Yes, there are teaching standards along with quality control of training associated with the various agencies. But when it comes to how the shop really operates, there really aren't any quality standards for business operation. And bad operations give the entire industry a bad reputation. Let's start with an example of bad operation. Not responding to customers' phone calls, messages, or emails. This happens. Recently, we had someone come to us for an open water training from over an hour away. The primary reason this individual came to us was because after making three attempts to contact our local dive shop less than 15 minutes from their home, they were frustrated and, quite frankly, not sure they wanted to do business with that operation. We answered their emails, spent a fair amount of time with them on the phone, and as a result, gave them a great confined water experience. My point here is that when a dive shops don't answer their call, follow up on voicemails or emails, it gives all dive shops a black eye. Now here's another example. Last year we had someone come to us that had started their confined water training almost a year before making contact with us. The shop that they started with continually canceled classes and did not have a plan for that person to complete their certification dives. Again, they came to us from about an hour away where we took them in, reassessed, and reaffirmed their skills in the pool, and then had them finish up their certification, and that happened within a two-week period. Getting certified as a scuba diver is not inexpensive, and people wanting to learn to dive are forking out their hard-earned dollars and deserve a fun, enjoyable, and professional experience. Again, If a dive shop can't meet its commitments to its customer, then why are they in the business? I believe that quality standards for business operations are just as important as standards for training or for the equipment service. There are are perhaps ways to get at this, I think. I have my ideas. What are yours? Well, that's it for this installment of Wet Notes here on Scuba Shack Radio. It's time for another installment of Sea Hunt. It's still alive here on Scuba Shack Radio. And this time we're heading back to Season 1, Episode 7, Mr. Guinea Pig. Well, Mr. Guinea Pig premiered on February 22nd, 1958. The show opens up with Mike in a tank of water exercising with two heavy weight belts. He's working with Dr. Bradley from the university on improving diver lung capacity. Now, he's been able to improve his breath hold to 1 minute and 52 seconds, or a 6% increase since he started. As he and Dr. Bradley are discussing the results, the phone rings. It's for Mike. 
The call is from Jeannie Wallace, one of Mike's old flames. She's back in town, and Mike makes a date for later that evening. In the next scene, we're in the Grotto restaurant. Mike and Jenny are finishing dessert when Jenny tells Mike she's back on the West Coast to do some underwater photography. You see, she's trying to get a job with outdoor sports as an underwater photojournalist, but she needs to get her some shots of a sunken Japanese barge first off of San Diego. Now, Jenny is trying to get Mike to come along, but he isn't interested. His boat's in dry dock. He's got his research. And most importantly, he tells her she needs to give up skin diving before she kills herself. As they're wrapping up dinner, Johnny McGowan comes up to the table. Now, he's interested in Jenny. Johnny invites them to come lobstering with him over the weekend. Mike says he can't go. He's too busy with his research. We are then taken back to the tank where Mike is again exercising with those heavy weight belts. He tells us that they have warmed up the water and now he's able to stay under for two minutes and six seconds. Next, Johnny comes in. Mike thought he would show up. He wants to take Jenny lobstering, but doesn't know where she is. Mike gladly tells him that Jenny is at staying at the Hollywood Riviera. Johnny smiles and says, thanks, old man. The scene now shifts to Mike's apartment. He's studying some scientific data when the doorbell rings. It's Johnny, and he wants to use Mike's dive equipment. You know, the one that has that helium-nitrogen mix? Well, you guessed it. Jenny has convinced Johnny to dive with her on the wreck. Mike tells Johnny he doesn't have enough experience. He's good in the water, but he's only been diving for six months. Plus, Jenny is not a good diver or a dive buddy. We now get the story of Bob Engel. You see, Mike was diving in the Northeast exploring some caves with Jenny and Bob when Mike has a problem with his red. He tells them to stay put until he gets back, but Jenny takes off into the deep. Bob follows, but he also has an issue and bolts to the surface. Worst case of Ben's Mike is seen, but fortunately, there was a chamber on the boat. Jenny shouldn't be diving. He won't rent Johnny any equipment. I guess Mike's conscience gets the better of him. He can't let them put themselves in danger, so he heads over to Jenny's hotel room. She's in her hotel room putting on some nail polish when Mike knocks on the door. He tries to tell her not to dive. Mike grabs her shoulders, trying to convince her, but she tells him, let go and get out. Then she uses a little psychology and says, if he's so worried, why doesn't he take her? She has a boat, and when Mike asks if there's a, a compressor on board, she says, oh yeah, a new one. As she hugs Mike, she tells him that she doesn't have, he doesn't have to worry, and then he, she gives him a big kiss. Mike says, this should be strictly business and he'll pick her up at 5 o'clock to head to San Diego. We next see Mike at his place packing up his gear. The doorbell rings again, and in comes Johnny, and he's not happy. He says no one gets ahead of Mike Nelson and tells him he's been double-crossed by Mike. He punches Mike, who gets up and stares eyeball to eyeball and asks Johnny if he wants to go a few rounds. Johnny turns and leaves. We're now at the dock in San Diego. As they board the boat, Jenny introduced Mike to Captain Mariana. The wreck is three miles out, 
and as they arrive, Mike tells Jenny to follow his instructions and watch for his signs. Somehow, I think Jenny may not do that. As they jump overboard, Captain Mariana shouts, Good hunting. Their searches come up empty until they have less than five minutes of air left. That's when the barge appears. With little time, Mike signals an ascent, and they both head to the surface to change tanks. Back on board the boat, Jenny comes out with her camera, but Mike tells her there's plenty of time for that. He wants to check out the integrity of the barge first. Jenny pouts and agrees to leave the camera behind. As they head back down, Mike tells the captain to make sure the tanks are filled. When they reach the barge, Mike instructs Jenny to stay put until he gets back from from checking out the barge. Of course, she doesn't listen, heads into the barge, and you guessed it, gets stuck. Back topside, Captain Mariana is trying to start the portable compressor. It won't turn over, and now Jenny's running low on air. So Mike takes off his doubles and leaves them for Jenny while he heads to the surface for another tank. But there is no tank. The miserable compressor is not new, and according to the captain, someday it works, some days it doesn't. Mike has no choice. He must free dive down to the barge at 41 feet in icy cold water with a crowbar and try to free her. When he reaches Jenny, she can't reach his doubles, so he needs to reposition the doubles. Not sure why he didn't take a breath breath off of him, but he can't stay down any longer. He heads to the surface. She only has three minutes of gas left. He heads back down, and just before he needs to ascend again, the rebar cracks, and Jenny is free. They slowly rise to the surface. As they sit on the back of the boat, Jenny tells Mike, You don't have to say it. I'll never go diving again. Mike's training and research with the university and Dr. Bradley has paid off. Captain Mariana tells him that he was down there for three minutes. So that's Mr. Guinea Pig from Season 1 of Sea Hunt. Okay, I'm not really sure why Johnny needed Mike's helium nitrogen mix. The barge was only in about 50 feet of water. I guess we'll never know. So this wraps up episode 104 of Scuba Shack Radio. Once again, I want to thank everyone who continues to listen, and I'll be back next week with another episode as we get ready to head to Bonaire. Until then, take care everyone. Scuba Shack Radio is a bi-weekly podcast supporting our mission to empower individuals with knowledge, ability, and experience to venture underwater in pursuit of their aspirations and to advocate for ocean health and sustainability. Talk to you next time.